It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, we had uh, action on uh, Monday and uh, Tuesday Baseball, softball, we got a, a nice mix of uh, everything. And a few rainouts. And a few rainouts. We had uh, another no-hitter. You had to bring that up. Uh, we did have another no-hitter. And yeah, I was over with it. And a lot of Jekyll and Hyde stuff. Because I think we, we had some splits in doubleheaders in the BWAC yesterday in softball. Um, the first two games of the PH Marysville series have been very different. Yes, and we saw a couple pitching performances that, well, were the best of the seasons for their respective teams. That they came at the right time when they needed them. Yes. So we'll get into all of that in just a moment, and we'll start with Monday's games next. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan, cleaning and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at sheridanagency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, uh, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. And uh, let's uh, start off with some softball on uh, Monday and start off with uh, a, a team in the area. Well, I guess they play okay softball. Uh, Algonac uh, was uh, playing uh, Utica Ford out of the uh, Matt. What Ford's in the red, right? Yeah, they're in the red. Yeah. They're seven and five overall. They're zero and three in the red. But this is still this isn't this is just not the top of the red. And well, you'll see what uh, Algonac does to the not class of the red. Yeah. Uh, in game one, Algonac beat Ford six to one. Behind who else but Kenna Bomarito. Seven innings pitched, 15 strikeouts for Kenna in this one, and at the plate, four hits, including a double and a home run. 
knocking in a uh, run. J.C. Reams had three hits and knocked in a run, and uh, Ella Stevenson with another home run and four RBIs in that uh, opening game. So business as usual and the usual names at the top of the list in that one. Yeah, and uh, while I found out at least after this that, well, I didn't, I don't know how long it's been a thing, but I found out because State Champs W was there covering this game, and Ella Stevenson's up for Softball Player of the Year in Michigan. And, yeah, I don't know. I really um, wouldn't be shocked if she won it because she is as dominant of a player as we've seen. Yeah. Her her biggest competitor might be her teammate. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The way Kenna's come out and hit and pitched like she is there was no ramp up period she came out and started putting up ridiculous numbers right off the bat yeah uh Algonac swept because they won game two nine to five Stevenson again with two more hits a double a home run three RBIs so seven RBIs in the two games Reams with three more hits including a double knocked in a run a couple of doubles for Sierra Vossler Camden Thaler had a couple of hits Ainsley Tremblay with two hits, including a double. She knocked in a run. Carly Baumgartner had three hits, including a double, knocked in two, and a couple of hits for Tori Boyd. So up and down that Algonac uh, lineup, it's business as usual for the Lady Muskrats. Uh, they, they've, I think they lost one game so far this year, and that was in a t- the third game of a tournament against somebody really good. Yeah. And they go into a Mac Red school, and they beat them comfortably both times, and Kenna Bomarito strikes out 15 in her game. Yeah. Which is just unfair. And now Ella Stevenson is putting up the video game numbers. We're used to not just regular really good numbers. Now she's gone to that next level, at least in this doubleheader. After her slow start of only averaging an RBI a game. Right. (laughs) And hitting like 450. Now she's up to like 600 (laughs) while putting it over the fence. Like it's, again, you cannot pitch to her, but you have a lot of, I mean, how many different names did you just read off? Quite a few. And uh, Kenna yeah. Bomarito has been hitting as well as she's been pitching, and she's been spectacular on the mound. Yes. And J.C. Reams has been hitting the ball, and Vossler is Vossler. Like, she gets overlooked. She'd be the star on most other teams. Uh, it, it's it's just uh, that that's a good team. Um, the Armada Bats kept cooking. Uh, after playing a tough series with Elmont last week, and then uh, – getting 29 runs in two games against uh, Northern, a 16-1 win over Parkway Christian on uh, Monday, paced by uh, Brooklyn Pratt with three hits, including a double and two RBIs. Uh, Andrea Cox had three hits, hit two doubles, knocked in four. Natalie Sauer had two hits, doubled, drove in two. Uh, Olivi Veit, I believe is how they say it, or at least that's how the girls were saying it. Uh, three hits, triple, double, Five RBIs. We're going to need to find out how to say it because I said it last week. She might be the fastest player in the area. Right. Uh, and Madison Capozo with two hits and an RBI. And I think we mentioned her name, too, a little later on in the uh, program. But that was it for softball on uh, Monday. But there was plenty of uh, baseball, uh, Brady. And let's start well, in. Real quick, what do you make of this Armada team? Because uh, they've it's... been so, and we'll talk about it with they, again, had a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde doubleheader, and they they started off poorly, but they've won some big games, and they can sure as heck hit the ball. I just don't know how to judge this team. Well, I mean, so they got handled by Algonac. Well, Algonac's doing that to everybody. and They played it, Almont tough. They played Almont uh, tough. Uh, I think that uh, they hit all right. Um, uh, the, the, the pitching is just kind of sporadic and the defense is kind of sporadic well, in the games that I, that I've seen like, uh, Taylor Capozo, I think throws the ball pretty good, but sometimes the plate moves around on her, uh, and sometimes the defense doesn't make the, the play. And when you extend innings, especially in the BWAC against good teams, um, you're not going to win games against those teams, uh, Algonac, Richmond, North Branch, 
Alma, they're going to jump on your mistakes. Are they the perfect example of they're a solid team, they're a pretty good team, but pretty good in the BWAC is going to get you beat up a little? Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty pretty good. In, in If you go 500 in, in the BWAC, you've earned my respect when you consider what that league is like. If I dropped Armada in the MAC Blue with Marine City and Port Huron and Port Huron Northern, would you think they're one of the favorites to at least contend for that title? Well, I certainly think they can compete. I, I still contend Marine City's pretty good, but you know what? We get to find out about that because later on, Armada and Marine City play yeah, each other. It's week. in early May, yeah. So we'll get an opportunity maybe to answer that question further. All right, anyway, go on to baseball. Well, baseball, let's start in the uh, the BWAC. Uh, Richmond North Branch is obviously a big series this week, and it started on Monday in uh, North Branch with a strange game. Well, strange a bit, but are you surprised that this is how this went? No. When, when I think about the, the pitching that's involved in this uh, series – uh, it does not surprise me that only one run scored. Yeah, you had you had uh, Skyler Lowers versus Brady Mitchell, and at the end of the day, it was Skyler Lowers that had a little bit better defense behind him, kept the pitch count down just enough, and got the win, one to nothing over Richmond. And here's how the run scored in the one to nothing loss for North Branch or the win for. Uh, Richmond. It was in the top of the fifth inning. Started off, strikeout. Error gets the runner on. Dropped third strike. Runner advances to third. Um, and then an error scores the run. So not even a base hit. Error dropped third strike. Error. Then it was ground out, fly out. So the only run was unearned. And that half inning could be the difference between winning a BWAC title or having a chance the last series of the year to play for a BWAC title or not because Richmond will take advantage of that, and they got just the tiniest opening, and that's all they needed. Yeah, but in a game, to me, the story here is Skylar Lowers because in a game where every pitch was a pressure pitch because it was scoreless until the fifth, and then it's a one nothing game after that, he throws a three-hit shutout, doesn't walk anybody, and strikes out uh, 10. Uh, that's a big-time performance. Again, Richmond kind of got embarrassed last week in a game at home, and since then it's been nothing but solid performances and, and gutty wins by the Blue Devils. Right, and they flipped from they lost that first game to Algonac, and you're going, uh-oh. They lose on Wednesday, or they lose the next game, maybe they're out of it before the BWAC season really even gets into the thick of it. And then you have North Branch, and it's like, okay, you can't lose to North Branch. Now they're a game away. I'll get to see them at home. If they take this game over against North Branch, it goes from, uh-oh, they might be out of it, to they're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. They've already played what we presume to be the two toughest teams in the league. They can, if they went out, they're at least a share of the BWAC title. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that. They got split with Algonac, and if they win uh, today, that's a, a sweet. At worst, they're getting a split with North Branch at worst. Right. And at best, they could go 3-1 and one in those four games. Yeah, but that's a heck of a response from Richmond after, yeah, again, I don't know the last time they got mercyed at home. I don't know the last time they got no hit, period. And to bounce back and to beat Algonac and North Branch in consecutive league games, it's a really, really solid response from the Blue Devils. And not surprising, but it's always good to see a program get that quality response. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, North Branch can pitch a little bit too. Uh, Mitchell, five innings with no uh, earned runs, three hits. He struck out six. And then uh, Brant Primo came in, pitched to six hitters, struck out six hitters. North Branch can throw the ball. It's just a couple errors and a drop third strike are the only difference. And, man, you're leaving that game going, if we don't do that, how long does this game stay scoreless for? Yeah, they might still be playing. Now, North Branch really needs this because you can't get swept by Richmond. I mean, I, that's a great performance. That tells me you're as close to it as Richmond as you can be. But how do you do when you don't have your ace on the mound? How do you do when you have those the number two guys? You have to go there, a little bit of a longer trip. I'm very excited I get to see this game today. 
All right. Uh, how do you stop chaos? Uh, your Algonac. Yeah, throw a no-hitter. Yeah. <laughs> throw a no-hitter. <laughs> throw a no-hitter. And, by the way, Josh Kasner wasn't on the mound. Yeah, no, th- this was mostly Bryce Simpson. Yeah, Algonac, nine, Yale, nothing. Yeah. No uh, hits. S- Simpson had the one-hitter against Armada earlier this year. He goes six and a third, no hits, walked two, struck out 11, and then he gets some help from uh, Brandon Williams, who gets the uh, final two outs of the uh, the game. Williams also had a hit in RBI in this 9 nothing win. Matt Meldrum a hit in RBI. Evan Sadler, two hits, two RBIs. And Matt Ricks had the big bat with two hits and three RBIs. So Algonac uh, has that tough loss to Richmond, and the response is, we're angry. No-hitter. Come come and get slaughtered, y'all. Third no-hitter in what, three weeks? Um, <laughs> they throw one a week, yeah. This is the pitching staff for Algonac. Here are some video game numbers. Through 13 games, you know what their team ERA is? Their team. Overall or in the BWAC? Overall. Through 13 Probably games, under one. 1.063. I can believe that. So they're averaging one run a game. You get two runs, and that's enough for Algonac to win uh, on average game. Through 79 innings pitched, as a staff... They have struck out 133 as a staff. They're almost averaging two, about what, 1.8 strikeouts uh, an inning. And guess who's pitching today? Yeah, Josh Kasner hasn't thrown in this series. You want his numbers going into this game against Yale? 24 innings, 47 strikeouts. His batting average against, point zero one. Not 140.014. He's given up one hit in the 81 batters he's faced. And he's trying for his uh, third straight no-hitter today, which would tie the state record. Like like six kids have done. Yeah, and it's only happened, I think, twice in the 2000s. And they're usually really, really small schools. They're not doing it against Armada, Richmond, and Yale. Like, not that they're giant schools, but they're not Packer, Kingston, like, where you can have down years. But Algonac has just had a ridiculous run so far. And if you're Yale, how do you pick yourself off the mat against the no up, up off the mat, knowing you're going to have to face another kid that's thrown two straight no hitters and you just got no hit? Like, that's going to tell us a lot about this Yale team. How do they respond? Are they going to come out and just be scared, or are they going to come out and attack Kasner as much as you can? Because Richmond tried to attack Kasner, and Trey Taylor hit a rocket in the first pitch, and then they didn't have another hard hit ball the rest of the game. I, I Yeah, that's an interesting question, because I, I think that's how I'd go after Kasner. I'd be the, – the first ball I saw anywhere near the, the plate, I'm taking a hack, because I don't want to take a strike – because the kid throws four or five pitches. and Yeah, he's got four pitches that he commands really well, yeah, and he'll I, throw in any count. So if he's going to throw me a fastball on the first pitch, that's the one I'm swinging at. Right. hoping that I put it in play somewhere. Because the approach of, all right, let's be patient and run his pitch count up, it ain't going to work. Yeah, no. Running he's, his pitch count up is so he throws nine pitches in an inning. Instead of five. <laughs> like. At least if you swing, put the ball in play, maybe you can cause a little chaotic energy. But Maybe one will find a, find a spot or they, somebody will make an error. They, yeah, they've made a few errors. I mean, not a ton, but you, you can at least have a chance on a ball in play where a strikeout, you're just turning around and going back to the dugout. Like, Yeah, Algonac is, uh, has a ridiculous pitching staff. Yes, and they they've do. done it against some good teams. Uh, they are... Yeah, I want to see how they, they handle going to Yale and if Kasner can get the third straight no-hitter because it's going to be on everyone's mind. I don't care what they say. They know what what's yeah. on, on the line, but can Yale get a hit? Like Yale has a beautiful ballpark, and I think they play pretty well there. Can they do anything about it? Yeah. Uh, Elmont beats Crosslex 4-1. to one. Jason Lane 
Uh, That's is, a name I want to yeah, keep an eye on. It seems like we've been saying it a lot early. He's been doing nice things on the bump. Yeah, he had uh, six innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, didn't walk anybody, and struck out 11. Um, and he's one of those guys that has a no-hitter this season. And, and He had a hit in three RBIs. He had a hit in three RBIs to go on top of it. Uh, Luke uh, Winkler added a double and an RBI. And then Benny Mendoza had a hit and knocked in a run for Croslex uh, in that one. And uh, Armada finally scored some runs and, and, and got a win, but it, they had to walk it off against Imlay City. Three to two, the Spartans give them a good game. Yeah, and Emily City had struggled. I don't know. Obviously, we weren't there. We don't know how the game went. But the one thing I did notice for MLA City in this game against Armada, the walks had been an issue. They only walked four Armada batters. That gives you a chance. Yeah. That helps. They They usually walk twice that Easily. Easily. And they were able to throw strikes. It was Monville that was on the mound. He went all six innings, only walked four, struck out six. Two of the three runs were earned, but gave them a chance. They were fighting in a game, and Armada still struggling to find the sticks. They still only had five hits in this game. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's got to feel good. Nolan Hill gets a walk-off hit. Right. So there's got to be some excitement, and you want to build from that. Uh, Jacob Dean with a double and an RBI in this game. Absolutely. So Armada gets their first win, and they'll look for the sweep today, and um, Almont looking for the sweep against Croslex. Almont's four and one in league play. They're just taking care of business. Yeah, the, they've been kind of quietly. They're under the radar there because all the headlines go to Algonac, Richmond, and what North Branch has been doing. So you kind of don't notice what Almont's doing. And Almont's also winless in non-league play, so their overall record doesn't look as great. They lost their first game at Yale. They've won now four straight in league play. I know haven't played Algonac, they haven't played Richmond, they haven't played North Branch, but they're playing all right, and this Jason Lane kid seems like he can throw the ball pretty well. Yeah, and weren't they, weren't they winning in that first game at Yale, and Yale scored some late runs or something? Yeah, let me double check, or that might have been the game that they ended up winning. Uh, oh, no, the, the Yale took care of that one. It was okay. Almont came back and beat Yale. That was the chaotic 11 to Yeah, and, and maybe that's the game, though, that uh, – put them on a good course here well they're at least giving themselves a chance again i don't i think they're gonna have to beat some of the big boys before we can really talk about them as in the BWAC conversation but they won the BWAC, or they were playing for a BWAC title two years ago against cross lax on the last day of the league season yeah. all right uh in the mac we thought marine city would beat mott marine city beat mott yeah 12 to nothing yeah that one uh didn't surprise us. Parker Atkinson, two hits, a double, an RBI. Zach Tetler, two hits, three RBIs. Jeff Heslop, nice to see him back on the diamond. Two hits, a double, two RBIs. Cooper Letson, two hits, two RBIs. And Marine City, they, they're doing what they're supposed to do against the bottom of the Mac goal. They just, all right, thanks for coming. We're going to beat you in five innings. Yeah, well, they, they, like you said, maybe Lamphere. It's Marine City, Lamphere, whoever wins right. that series. Is probably going to win that league? Probably. I'd imagine so. It, it really seems that that's the feel for it. What happened to St. Clair? Because this went eight, but the final <sighs> score doesn't feel like yeah, an eight-inning ball so game. so this game against Lons Cruz North is very deceptive. This was as close of a game as you can get. 8-2 Lons Cruz North beat St. Clair in extra innings. It was Logan Ellis on the mound against Tommy Ches, C-H-E-S, for... Uh, Lons Cruz North. In the second inning, Lons Cruz North uh, pushed across a couple of runs. A walk and a double uh, put runners on, and then a two RBI single made it two to nothing. A double play got St. Clair out of the inning, and then scoreless, scoreless, scoreless. Both sides would get runners on, but couldn't really push them across. St. Clair would scatter a hit here and there. Uh, the middle innings, Tommy Ches was just dealing this was the quickest game ever like both sides were swinging the first inning for St. Clair was a four pitch inning four batters four pitches a single and three outs it was I don't think my bumper music stopped playing and I had to go back to the break Um, it was flying through in the bottom of the sixth St. Clair had an opening 
Owen Blank reached on an error. A couple singles from Peyton Ellis and Connor Shirky loaded the bases. And Joe Lindman drew a walk, drove in the first run, and Chaz would get a strikeout and a flyout to get out of the jam. Bottom of the seventh, St. Clair leads it off. Uh, McCartney grounded out. Pettinger gets a hit. And then Logan Ellis rakes the ball into left field. Now, he was helped a little bit by the left fielder taking an awful path to it. He kind of like went in and then crescented out towards and it got over his head, uh, went to throw home and couldn't get Pettinger scoring from first. 2-2. Ellis moved from second to third on the throw home, so I gave him an RBI double and one out. Winning runs at third base, and you're going a game where St. Clair was clawing, trying to get back, couldn't get the big hit because there were some at-bats where they were smoking the ball and just couldn't find it, uh, find a gap there. It was right into the kid's gloves. Owen Blank comes up, sees a pitch he likes, hits a missile right at the shortstop playing in. He reaches up, grabs it, looks to third. Logan Ellis is a step and a half off the bag, throws back to third, and inning over, we're going to extras. So as quickly as they tied it up and had all the momentum, like that, it was taken away, and Logan Ellis came out after seven really strong innings. Uh, going to extras, Holden Schultz came in, and well, Lance Cruz North started hitting him around a bit. Here's how the extra inning started. Double, single, intentional walk, intentional walk because a runner scored on a pass ball. Um, bases clearing, double, walk, sack, bunt, pop out, two RBI single, and then the runner was caught stealing. And it was six runs in the top half. St. Clair went down in order in the bottom half, and a really close game did not look it with an 8-2 final. Yeah, again, it's one of those ones where the score is deceptive and doesn't indicate how most of the game went, but you have a bad inning, especially in, in an extra inning, and you're not going to win the ball game. But uh, still, I, I like what the Saints are doing. They had I, really I, good at-bats. Yeah. They just had some bad luck. I like this young team, though. The, again, uh, I know we say Logan Ellis's name a lot, and he's kind of the glue to everything and a great leader. But I, I like the young players uh, on this St. roster. Uh, and, again, they're good every year, but they're going to be good for a couple more years. Right. I mean, Peyton group. Ellis had two hits. Uh, he had a hit from Connor Shirky. Uh, Braylon Essien had a hit. Joey Turner had a pair of hits. Like, they have guys up and down the lineup that do damage. They just didn't get a few bounces, and then Lance Cruz North exploded in the top half of the, of the eighth. Oh, not much you could do. No. I mean, they played well. It was a, well, I always say be process-based, not results-based. They had a good process through seven innings in this one. Yeah. All right, let, let's switch to the blue. We're a couple of interesting series because last week in the blue, the, the teams that won swept and the teams that lost got swept. Lakeview and Northern were two teams that won. So yeah. you had two teams that were unbeaten in league play going into this one. I know Lakeview had one of their games rained out. So they only right. played two, but they handle Northern in the series opener, twelve to uh, three. Uh, Ryan Ferlastro did have a uh, a double among two hits, and Alex Armstrong had uh, two hits. But uh, the wrong Huskies come out on the right side in this one. Well, Northern went up two to nothing in the bottom of the first, and then Lakeview scored the next seven runs, added some on in the top of the seventh just for insurance. But the story is eight walks from Northern pitching. Two more errors. Lakeview only had seven hits. The hits were seven to five. The runs were twelve to three. Makes a big difference when you look that uh, that Northern only drew one walk and Lakeview had no errors. Now the other series that we're going to talk about is Marysville PH. Game one was on Monday at PH. Scoreless through two. Then the uh, Vikings manufactured two runs in the top of the third. They both scored on ground ball outs. So it's 2 nothing going into the top of the fourth, and then this game just had a meltdown inning where the Vikings sent 13 to the plate, scored eight runs, and they end up winning in five innings, 10 to nothing. Uh, and, and it just it, it kind of came out of nowhere, uh, Brady. Stephen Beery started for PH. He had to pitch with a lot of traffic, 
but he, he pitched out of a, a, a jam uh, in, in the first two innings, and again, he kind of minimized the damage in the uh, the third, but he threw a lot of pitches. They got him out of the uh, the game, and the, the guys that, that followed just struggled in that fourth inning. They struggled throwing strikes. Uh, they, they hit a guy. Uh, it, it was it was just one of those innings, and then when your defense, because it was cold on Monday, uh, and the wind was blowing, and, and then all of a sudden it's a long inning, and now your defense starts dropping balls and not making plays yeah, that they've too, been making. Monday was a chilly day, especially at PH. I wasn't too bad at St. Clair, but I think it was a little colder the farther north you went. Yeah, we we had a, a lot of wind. It was really the wind that that made things bad. But um, what I liked for Marysville, they spread it around. Seven different guys had an RBI. That helps. Um, two for uh, R.J. Clark. Two for uh, Trent Vagie. Uh, RBIs for Zach Winston. Uh, Bryce Smith knocked in a run, and I want to talk about him too because he threw five scoreless, two hits. He walked three, and he struck out five. Uh, nothing flashy. Uh, he, he wasn't throwing like Nolan Ryan, but he was pounding the zone, getting outs, uh, and, and was really solid and really didn't face too many threatening situations uh, in the game. PH had two guys on with one out in the uh, fourth inning, and he got a ground out and a ground out to get out of it. Uh, he, he really didn't have to pitch under any pressure in this game. Yeah, and that's what help, I mean, it helps a little bit on the mound when – your bats are putting pushing across runs, and your defense is making plays behind you. Throwing strikes at least gives you a chance. Now you get to the higher levels. Uh, you get to deeper in playoff runs. You can't just be worried about throwing strikes. But in league play, especially in a league like the Blue, you throw strikes. Most times you're going to at least give yourself a chance. If the other team hits it around, well, you tip your cap and say good job. And, well, Smith was throwing strikes. Did exactly what he needed to do against P.H., and then the next day happened. Then the next day happened, and it was Jackson Sherrod throwing strikes, and we'll talk about that because PH was able to uh, flip the script, as you kids uh, say. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. So, PH and Marysville played game two of their three-game uh, series uh, yesterday, this time at Marysville. In the uh, top of the first inning, it started with a Barnett strikeout. Peyton Mullins reached on an error. Gavin Troy reached on an error. Joey Seppo walked. Bases loaded with one out, but Tommy had it struck out Clay Thompson. And you're thinking, ooh, he's got a chance to get out of the inning. But on a uh, 3-2 pitch to uh, Gavin DeLong, he hit him. The old hit-by-pitch with the bases loaded to drive in the opening run of the game. Brady, that was the only RBI in the game. A bases loaded hit-by-pitch. And hit him in the backside. Hit, a, hit him in the backside where it, <laughs> where, where it didn't hurt. Oh, Ga- Gavin's a hockey player. He's used to diving in front of pucks and stuff. So he's, well, I mean, he's it, it, it takes a sting off of anything when you get the when you get the RBI and you go. That's that's an easy one for the stat book. All right, so no more runs scored in this one until the fifth. The fifth starts with Isaiah Hernandez getting hit by a pitch. Colton Barnett singles Hernandez. Oh, and by the way, this is the weirdest hit I've seen in a long time. Now that's saying something. So. For those of you who don't know, a ball can actually start out foul. Yeah. It's where it goes past the bag. Right. So this was off the end of the bat into foul territory up the first baseline. So the first baseman, um, Clark, is running over to foul territory to field the ball. Right. It takes a left turn. What it had, like I guess that would be counter or counterclockwise spin. Yeah, it's about three quarters of the way up the line, and it takes a left turn inside the bag and out into right field. With Clark looking back over, going, "What the heck just happened?" Like it was like a tennis shot or a ping pong shot. I, I called it ting- like a, a a cue shot, you know. Yeah, and and, and it had it had like a well, what is it? Would that be a slice or a hook? I guess that would be a hook in yeah. golf. Hook comes back towards your yeah. So slice so, goes so, away. so it hooked. It hooked it back hooked inside. The, uh, so it was about a foot outside the line, all the way up the line, and then just before the base, it hooked and went in fair territory past the bag. So that's a fair ball. And one of those plays where you just tell the first baseman, "Yeah, sorry, that doesn't usually happen." Yeah, I, I, I mean, what, what are you going to do? It was just really strange. And they end up first and third, and then Barnett takes second. So now it's it's second and third with nobody out. Peyton Mullins hits the ball back to the pitcher. He checks the runner at third, throws to first to get the out. Right. The runner at second didn't look to see oh, that the runner at third like stayed. The Tigers. And so now they had Riley Green on second with, with Barnett coming to third. Isaiah Hernandez is like, oh, well, I got, I'm, I'm going to run home. I've got. Not, I'm not just going to stand here on the base and, and give away the out. Right. You know, at least make them earn the out. And they have quite the long rundown where about seven different people touch the ball. But uh, Marysville. So one, three, five, two, uh, Ma- six, three. Ma- Marysville did a great job and finally had its ended up with the ball, and he tagged the runner about halfway between home and third. And so now you you've gone from – Second and third and nobody out in a one-run game to two outs and a runner at third. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. On a routine ground ball. On a, on a routine ground ball. But but uh, but then you get a, a throwing error from, from the catcher. Actually, Barnett ran back to second. Then he right. stole third, and they threw the ball out in left <laughs> so, field, and he scores. So he 
was safe back at second, and they got like at least get someone on third. Have them at well, least both he, stand he there. Was, he was there, but then he saw, he's like, oh, Isaiah's still there. So Isaiah decides, I'm going to start running. But by this point, Burnett is like, I got to get back to second base. So he ends up back at second when, when it was all said and done. But then he steals third, and they throw the ball out in, into left field. And PH ended up getting a run out of it anyways. Just like how Goulding drew it up. And, and they take a, a 2 nothing uh, lead. Oh, wait, two outs, nobody on in the uh, top of the seventh. Mullins draws a walk. Gavin Troy then singles. So it's first and second with two outs. It's a play that I don't like, Brady, but if you pull it off, you look great. But when you don't pull it off, it's 4 nothing. 30 seconds later. They weren't holding Troy, obviously, with a runner at second. They're right. not holding Troy. But they sneak the guy in behind him, and the pitcher throws wild to first on the pickoff play. And Mullen, yeah, that's the Mullen scores, and you know how fast Troy is. He ends up at third. Right. So, And then they wild pitch him home on the next pitch, and it went from being 2 nothing. you've got a chance, to four nothing, and it looks pretty bleak. And the reason it looks pretty bleak is because while all of this is going on, Jackson Sherrod is dealing. Freshman, if I'm correct, leadoff hitter for Marysville got on, and then was promptly thrown out trying to steal. He struck out Quain. He hit Veggie. He struck out Patterson. He strikes out Clark to start the second. Fayardo gets a hit, and then from that point on. So three of the first six batters of the game have gotten on against him. Right. He gets 17 of the next 18 outs. The only base runner was a hit-by-pitch to lead off the fifth, and he followed that up by striking out the next three hitters. He goes seven. I had him for two hits. Mary still actually scored it as a one-hitter. Right. So we'll go one hit, no walks. He did hit a couple of guys, only four base runners against him, and he struck out 11. And I think it was appropriate that the last out of the game was his 11th strikeout because then he could kind of whoop it up a little more, you know. And, and that's a nice win because that was PH's first win of the season, right? And and it, they'd been in games, yeah. But uh, I mean, again, close game throughout. So it's not like he's out there going, oh, "I got a big lead. I can just right. groove strikes here." Uh, he he had a good fastball. He had. An effective breaking ball. When he threw it over, it was a really good pitch. But he threw it wildly just enough, too, that I think he had some Marysville hitters a little uncomfortable right. at the plate. I mean, again, he did hit two batters, um, and he had he had one curveball that actually curved behind the guy's back to the catcher. <laughs> so it had a big break to it. Apparently, uh, uh but the biggest stats that come out of this for me, no walks by Sherrod and one port here on air. I'm, it's a simple game when you break it down like that. He hit two batters, so I guess two free passes and one error on the game. That'll give you a chance anytime. And that's been the story with Port Huron. The, their series against Frazier, I think they tallied 15 errors. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, they made mistakes uh, on Monday, and, and they – this time around, though, Marysville did not get a runner to second base in this game. That's a pretty stress-free game. I know it was close, but when you never have to worry about a runner in scoring position, yeah, that's a pretty nice job by a really young pitcher for Port Huron. And and the guy to feel bad for is Tommy Haddits, five and two-thirds. He only gave up uh, three hits, or actually two hits, walked one, struck out nine, and neither of his runs um, neither, going his neither of his runs were uh, earned runs. So he was going toe to toe as best as he could, but uh, again, the mistakes cost him and he gets the loss and the Big Reds didn't make the mistakes and Sherrod is able to get the uh, the complete game shutout win. They needed that. Uh, the final game of this series is coming up yeah, on I was say, Thursday. What, what the hell is going to happen yeah, in that? I got no idea what's going to happen on Thursday. Is it a blip on the radar for PH, or is that a, a young team where things are starting to click? Is it Marysville just had a really bad day at the office? Sherrod, or a nice pitcher that we need to keep an eye on? Who knows? But that's that's a nice first win 
Apparently something was in the water at Port Huron with pitching performances. Well, here, here's the thing, too. Whoever wins on Thursday is going to move up in the standings. Yeah. Be, because these teams were, were tied for the bottom spot mm-hmm. in, the, in the blue. Somebody's going to win this series and get out of that spot. Absolutely. Uh, there was no pitching going on in Marine City. <laughs> the bats were out in full force. Marine City beats Cardinal Mooney 11-7. to We'll talk about the particulars in a second. Daniel Vandeviver had two hits. Zach Tetler, two doubles, two RBIs. Jeff Haslam, he's come back, and he's just raking two hits, a double, four RBIs. Kyle Rickard, a hit and an RBI. Anthony Rafino, a hit and an RBI. For Cardinal Mooney, they were seeing what they had with some younger players. There's going to be a lot of unfamiliar names or names that are usually near the bottom of the order that were hitting in the three, four, five spots. Uh, Cam Spezia had a hit in an RBI. George Zepp had three hits, a double, three RBIs. And Anthony Gerling put one over the wall for uh, two RBIs on the day. But in this game, there was no Trent Rice. There was no Ryan Trombley. There was no Blake Lutsky. There was no Ty Bodecker. There was none of those guys. Yeah. No, Brol was not in the lineup, uh, but they all, uh, Marine City took advantage of it, but Mooney, young guys, kind of got to learn what it's like at the varsity level and what it takes against a solid Marine City team and what they can do to you. Uh, Sometimes you need that culture shock. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, again, I, I just like that uh, you know, Marine City continues to hit the ball well, uh, and now, you know, they they. As if they needed it, they get a big shot in the arm with Heslip coming in and immediately raking the ball. Yeah, Marine City doing a heck of a job. They're they're scoring a ton of runs. Their issues have been pitching. I mean, they're seven and three on the year now. Their losses have come to St. Clair, Marysville by a run, and Algonac. They started 0-3 and now they've won seven straight. And actually, it's the seven runs is the most they've given up. There's been a lot of shutouts. Again. Bottom of the Matt Gold ain't that good, but they're doing what you should do against the bottom of the Matt Gold. Yeah, they're, they're not giving up four, five, six runs to those teams, so um, yeah, absolutely. All right, um, there was quite a bit of softball yesterday, including a game that uh, Brady saw between the Crosstown rivals. Uh, we'll get to that in just a, a moment. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. 
Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, Portier and High Portier on Northern Met on the softball diamond yesterday, and Brady Beaton was there. He had the cat's eye view from up in the box. Yeah. Uh, love Memorial Stadium. Can't say enough good things about it. I still want that place to host a district and have it be at like four, six, and eight and have a nighttime district championship game. Oh, that would be fun. I don't know why that doesn't happen because that, I mean, they have the lights, they have the facility for it. It would be awesome. Anyway, I digress. And Uh, I would like all local teams there so that we could do an early in the day district like at Marysville and then a nighttime district at PH Plus cover another district because there's two of us. So we get three districts in Um, the day. Anyway. Portier on high and northern. Dennis, the thought before this game, and we didn't really talk about it, but I'm sure we both thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. That someone was going to have to outslug or, frankly, make less errors than the other side, right? Yeah. Like Both these teams had won, but when they'd won, they'd put up double-digit runs. I mean, the PH beat Roseville 5-2 to two the other day. But that was kind of the anomaly. Like, they put up, I think, 16 on Clawson. Even in their losses, I think they lost to Gross Point South, like, 13-9. to They were yeah. competitive, but it's because they were running the race with him. They weren't shutting teams down. Uh, I don't know what Izzy Trombley and Sidney Betts figured out before the game, but they figured out how to pitch pretty darn well. Uh, well, scoreless through two, and in the top of the third was the only time Izzy Trombley even wavered a bit. Ariana Hagen, who was having a great day, she'd finished with three hits and a pair of doubles. Ambushes Trombley, first pitch of the inning. I'm not even out of the break. And it's, all right, we're back, and there's a double into the right center gap, and Hagen standing on second. Then an RBI single from Marissa Ramo. Becca Larson reached on an error, and then strikeout, strikeout, two away. And Mackenzie Shagney, who's starting to become a little more of a, an aggressive hitter. She's, I mean, you've seen her a yep. couple times. She's starting to come into her own, lines a single right back up the middle for a pair of runs, then strikes out Anna Hall to get out of the inning. So three runs come across the score, only one's earned. And the error was the only, I guess, tough error of the day. Like, there's some you go, man, I want that back. That was the only one of that kind for both sides. Uh, but... Both sides got right back to it. A scoreless fourth, scoreless top of the fifth, bottom of the fifth. Portion has one hit at this point, and Izzy Trombley single into right field that they couldn't do anything with. Bottom of the order coming up, Kaylin Struthers, the seven-hole hitter, on a two-strike count. Golfs a low inside pitch to the light towers in left field, and it goes over the fence by 15 feet. Out of nowhere. I mean, Kaylin Struthers... You don't see this too often in high school, and especially in softball. She has a home run swing. She might hit 220 for the year, but a third of her hits are going to be home <laughs> runs or hit the fence because she has a powerful swing. Yeah. She just doesn't make a lot of contact. She, she is what we say, somebody who doesn't get cheated on their swing. No, and I, I think I use that term exactly. And she was not cheated. She hit a moonshot like you talk about that sound off the bat. It happened, and, you, and the way Sidney Betts had been pitching, you go, that sounded weird, and it was just a high-towering fly ball that just kept going. The wind helped it a little bit, but I think on a windless day in a dome, that's still a home run. I think it just made, added a little pizzazz to how far it went over the fence. And a PH lineup and a PH dugout that had been very subdued, that had been very quiet – all of a sudden, has a little energy. They're going, oh, wow, yeah, home run, we're back in this. Erica Huddy gets a single, and then ground out, strikeout, Sidney Betts gets out of the inning. Uh, PH would threaten, again, in the bottom of the seventh. It's 3-1 going into the bottom of the seventh. Fiedler lines out to start the inning. Higgins reaches on an error, so you have a chance. She moved up to second. They pinch ran for her. Uh, the next batter, Struthers, hits it hard the opposite way, missed it a tad, 
hit a fly ball to deep-ish right field. Erica Huddy comes up, hits a blooper behind second base. Madison Ramo comes in, Becca Larson, Shannon Falco all go out, and it lands a step and a half from all of them. <laughs> like, you could not have dropped it in any better for a base hit. Thompson, who was pinch running for Higgins, comes in to score, and Huddy's on first with, it's a one-run game. She's the game-tying run, and they try to get a little cute, little fancy, steal her to second, and she's thrown out. Bellinger guns her down for the final out. 3-2 Port here on Northern. Gets a big win over Port here on high in a very crisp game. Sydney Betts, I know she struggled a couple times you saw her, she was masterful yesterday. Seven strikeouts, only uh, scattered the four hits. The one home run was tough, but besides that, was missing a lot of bats. And here's the big one, no walks. Yeah, that's what I like. Because, again, remember, she had a nice game against Lance Cruz where they won their first league game, what, 14-4? to She had 11 strikeouts in that one, but I think she walked eight. Now, again, it's one game. I'm not going to say she's arrived or found any, but we know she is capable of throwing strikes, putting it in the zone. And Port Huron's a decent hitting lineup, and they get a nice win behind Sydney Betts. And Izzy Trombley, kind of like Tommy Haddits from Marysville, gets lost. She goes all seven. She strikes out seven. She walked two, hit one, only gave up one earned run, and scattered six hits. After the RBI signal from Mackenzie Shagney, she gave up one hit the rest of the way, and that was in the third inning. She settled in really nicely. It's just Sydney Betts on that day was a little better. Yeah, so this wasn't what I was expecting at all. I, I was expecting like a 9-8 game. I really was. Yeah, and it was probably the best game I've seen these two teams play all around in the last year and a half. Since the 2021 season, because they were crisp, there was just the one error that you're like, ah, come on, you need to have it. The other two were errors, but they were mistakes you can see happening. Yeah. This, I, I hope this is a sign that both these young teams have turned a corner and that we'll see more of this and less of last year the rest of the way. All right. Uh, this is one I wish we had more information on. Because this is a big win for Marine City. Huge win. They, they beat the first place team, Gross Point South, and they murdered them 16-6. Yeah, to six. they didn't just beat them. They 16-6. They mercied them. A Gross Point South was the only 3-0 and team. And they come up to Marine City, and they leave not just with a loss, but battered and bruised. 16-6. to six. Think about that. You're in first place. You're coming up, Marine City. Nine half, and three half, on the year. Half the girls on Gross Point South don't know five. where Marine City is. Right. You're playing two <laughs> and five Marine City overall. And they go, and they put a 16 Thanks spot for on coming. Bye bye. Which, by the way, Portier on Northern is now two and one in league. Marine City's three and one. Thursday's game's kind of pretty important. Yep. And I don't know if we thought Northern and Marine City were going to be playing a big game. I mean, Northern's playing Frazier today in a makeup. Then they'd have Marine City on Thursday. I don't know if, if, if Northern can replicate what they did against PH, but if they can, they can come out of this week smelling like roses. Yeah. After they, a they, rough start. They can all of a sudden be a, a in, team at the top and, and you know, it, it kind of becomes a, a different way you feel about right. things. Because that's a young group, and sometimes when you're young, you don't know any better. Right, and Port Huron is 0-4 in the league, and Dennis, we've both seen them. They're not a bad team. They're a young team that has things they need to improve on, but they there's just talent. Need to, they just need to catch the ball. And they did against Northern. They just happened to run into Sydney Betts' best performance of the year. You know, because I, I think we both agree. They'll hit enough. Right. They just got to catch the ball. And I don't think there's any dominant team in the Mac Blue. I think on any day, anyone can beat anybody. I mean, Port Huron could have beat, should have beat Gross Point South from what I've heard. Northern has is 2-1, and one, and we'll see what they do against Marine City. I think Marine City might be the most talented team. Frazier, I think, is pretty solid. But, again, you never know. All right. Two BWAC doubleheaders. The big one was Richmond and North Branch. And this went, I I expected the PH Northern game to be uh, the what happened in the P, 
PH Northern game, I thought would happen in the Richmond North Branch game. And what happened in the Richmond North Branch game, I thought would happen in the PH Northern game. Yeah, you thought the, the bats would dominate the one game and pitching would dominate the other, and it kind of flipped around because there was a lot of hitting. Um, when you had Deshesky against Shoeboy, you had an 11-8 to eight game. Yeah. I did not see that coming. No, I did not either. Richmond gets game one 11-8, and they, remember, they got swept by Algonac. They need this series. Uh, Emmy Hildreth, double, three RBIs. Julia Rancilio, two hits, RBI. Piper Clark, three hits, RBI. She's just hitting the cover off the yes. ball. Ashley Stafford, a double, RBI. Liz Shoeboy, she's taking a big step up. Two hits, a double, RBI. Abby Reinhart, two hits, an RBI. Lauren Teltow, a hit and two RBIs for Richmond. Uh, North Branch, uh, Addison Cobb had three hits and a double. Alana Deshetsky, two hits, a home run, three RBIs. Natasha Bickle, two hits, a home run, two RBIs. And Emily Brinker hit a home run. So the long ball was working for North Branch, but Richmond's bats had one of their best days of the year. Yeah, I, I'd like to know what pitch they were hitting. Like, Are they hitting – is North Branch a team you can't throw a fastball to? The, were they hitting Shoe Boy's fastball over right. the fence? Uh, were they getting her change up? Like, I, I'd like to know what it because Shoe Boy doesn't give up that many home runs. No, and the top of the fifth is what did it for North Branch. It went single, double, ground out, single, 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 walk, double, single, strikeout, pop out. So for 10 minutes, apparently they could hit Alana Deshetsky, and the rest of the game they were just all right against her. Well, Richmond is that that pesky little lineup. They, they've got a lot of hitters that just get the bat on the ball, put it in play. They've got good speed. Uh, Hildreth scoots around the bases. Rancilio scoots around the bases. Clark is a power bat. Stafford's their cleanup hitter, but she's a line drive, single, double hitter. Right. Uh, a little bit of power in Liz Shoeboy's bat. Reinhardt's a line drive uh, hitter. The The bottom of their order are people that, you know, they'll play small ball with. They'll bunt. They'll move runners over. And I can see where that lineup can be pesky to a power pitcher. It's the usually the power pitchers do well against the power lineup, so I was right. a little surprised that North Branch had so much success. And there were, 20, I guess I shouldn't be. They have a great line. There were 27 yeah. hits in this game, 15 for Richmond, 12 for North Branch, three errors for North Branch, two for Richmond in this game. But that's a big game one win for Richmond. So now the age old question that every softball coach has to deal with who do you throw in game two? Because, I, well, in this one, it might have been easier because both sides got beat up a little bit in game one. So you go with your number two. In game two was Courtney Ludisher taking on Piper Clark. Both, I think, are, as number twos go, pretty darn good number yeah. twos. I think there's they'd a lot number, of teams. They'd in, be number ones for a lot of I would say teams. a lot of teams in the area are saying, can we have them as our number one? And North Branch. It's the 7-3 to three victory. The number twos figured out the lineup a little better in game two. Uh, Addison Cobb had two more hits. Alana Deshetsky, two hits in RBI. Jasmine Mock, two hits, two RBIs. And of course she did. I think she had a hit in an RBI in game one. Yeah. And we went, oh, she had an off day. <laughs> um, Natasha Bickle, three hits, three RBIs. For Richmond, Piper Clark, two hits. Ashley Stafford, a hit, two RBIs. Liz Shoeboy, two more hits, a double and an RBI. But North Branch... Bounces back and gets a big game to win. Again, it was the top of the fifth, but North Branch was the road team this time, so they put up four in the top of the fifth, and that was the difference. That was the only run scored after the third inning. So those two teams split, and I think Algonac's probably happy with that. Oh, that's exactly that's three what league Algonac losses for Richmond, and North Branch has a league loss now. Right. I think they'll take that. Yeah, I mean, Algonac's going to play Yale today. I think they're going to take care of Yale. Um, but when Algonac takes on North Branch, I think that might be the last series of the year. That could be a big one. Um, I think Algonac has a while because I don't think they play Almont and North Branch. Until I know all Almont series are at the end. Yeah. They, they play all three of those teams their last three series. Yeah, Algonac coming up, uh, I think they have a little bit of a reprieve. Um, they... Take on, uh, where is this? Uh, Yale, I believe, is today. Then they're Croslex. And then Almont is the ninth. So in, okay. they still have three weeks until they take on Almont. They just need to be steady and take care of business. 
Two other teams got together, and, and Brady, this is kind of what I, I thought we'd get here with Armada and Emily City because I, th- I think they're fairly similar teams, and, and you had two fairly high-scoring games, and each team won a game. Emily City took the opener 9-7. to Natalie Stone, three hits in this one with a double and an RBI. Chloe Bruman is a good hitter, two hits and an RBI. Brooklyn Ross homered, knocked in two. And Yasinia Rojas with a hit and two RBIs. Your favorite name. Oh, that's All just, a, that's just a great name for a ball player. It is. Again, my, I still don't know if anyone's ever going to top Diamond Iverson for me. <laughs> she was a girls basketball player yeah. for Roseville. Well, that was good, awesome. That's a good basketball name. Or, or Evan Evans. Evan, Evan Evans. Evans, like... In my fantasy football league I play, I told them about that. Evan Evans is a living legend with a bunch of guys he doesn't even know exist. <laughs> Evan Evans the third, by the way. Evan Evans the third. So there were two other sets of parents that went, you know what, that's a great name. We're going to keep that going and, on. And no pressure to him when he has kids. He, he has a boy. He's, the first one's going to be named Evan Evans, Evans the, the fourth. fourth. Got to. He's got to keep the tradition going. Uh, if only he spelled, if only if it was Ivan, because then it'd be Ivan, Ivan, <laughs> IV in Roman numerals. Taylor Capozo had a hit and two RBIs. Andrea Cox had two hits and two RBIs, and Jenna Mayday had two hits in that uh, first game. Armada bounces back in game two and beats Emily City eleven to seven. Taylor Capozo two hits, a double, two RBIs. Uh, Jenna Mayday with two hits, a double, and two RBIs. Leah Knock two hits. A double and a triple. And Madison Capozo with two hits and three RBIs. Stone hit two home runs in this game and drove in three for Emily City. Two more hits for uh, Berman. Two hits, a double, and an RBI for Rojas. And Bree Hund with a couple of hits. But Armand and Emily City, uh, I think, are fairly equally matched. They're fairly similar teams. And so the fact that they split and one team scores 18 runs and the other team scores 16 runs on the day. This is kind of what I expected. Again, I I, I want to see what these teams would do in, like, the Mac Blue. I just think that they are about that quality. Like, I want to have a week where Armada takes on – Armada, MLA City, and Croslex all take on Port here on Port here on Northern Marine City. And just see how it fares out to see if the BWAC's that good and if we're giving enough credit to those lower teams or maybe we're inflating them up because of how good the top teams are and maybe they're riding the coattails a little bit. I don't know. But I think they're pretty solid ball teams. Well, I, I think. I mean, Armada really did take care of business against Northern. Uh, I know this. The, they, they've got players that I would take on my team. I would take Natalie Stone on my team any day of the week. I really like Leah Knock. For uh, Armada, um, she, she's a catcher, a good defensive player. Feels like she, we say Taylor Capozo every time. She's got the weird stance, but she hits the ball. Say Taylor Capozo's name every time. Yeah. Uh, there there are several players on, in both those Chloe Bruman's always seemingly in the box scores. Yep. Kind of old school slap hitter from the left side, lots of speed, puts the ball in play, and, and puts pressure on the defense. Just, again, the BWAC, say it, I'll say it from the mountaintops and I'll say it all the time. Just get the top four in the BWAC, do the old barnstorming from the 1910s and just have them go around the state, take the top four of any other league. They'll be right there with them. All right. Pat ourselves on the back uh, time because with our two games yesterday, we've now done 750 games. And we're going to do 751. Hit hit the applause button if you remember which one it is. This one? Yeah. And uh, we'll go 751 and 752 today. I've got softball, Cardinal Mooney at uh, Port Huron High. Uh, And this will be the first time that the Cardinal Mooney softball team will get a game on on Get Stuck on Sports. Sorry that we've taken so long to get to you. But uh, we'll get to you today. And you've got a very intriguing baseball. I have North Branch and Richmond Boy, am I excited for that one because this could be a game that in five weeks we're going, man, if only this team was able to scrap out that win in Richmond back on April, what, 25th or whatever today, 26th, only they could scrap that one out and have the win. Have the BWAC. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Look for us around 4.30 for both of those games uh, today here on GetStuckOnSports.com. Final word, be back Friday. Thank <laughs> you.
From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.